0: Hello pod, I'm Chris Hewitt and welcome to this very special spoiler podcast dedicated to Duncan Jones' Warcraft The Beginning. Now, as we did with Matthew Fawn for Kingsman The Secret Service and Christopher McQuarrie for Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, we're deviating from spoiler special traditions somewhat with this edition. Uh, There won't be a segment where Team Empire discusses the movie. Instead, this is purely and simply an interview special In which Ardan Jolin, one of our resident Warcraft experts, many thousands of hours of game time logged, discusses the ins and outs of the video game adaptation with the movie's director, Duncan Jones. Again, thousands of hours of game time logged. However, we do cling to tradition in one area. This is not an interview for people who haven't seen the film. This will discuss all the ins and outs of the movie, all the third act revelations. Uh, so if you haven't seen Warcraft the beginning and you do want to hear this stuff, highly to your nearest cinema, watch the movie and then come back here. But also don't be put off if you don't know the game that well. Uh, if you don't know your Azeroth from your Roth there's plenty here for you to enjoy. And so you should do that right now. Here's Dan Jolin, talk of the Duncan Jones. Enjoy, Duncan Jones,
1: uh, director, co-writer, and orc wrangler for uh, <laughs> Warcraft: The Beginning. Welcome uh, to the Empire Podcast, and thank you. A very special podcast, of course, because we're going to be getting into all the nitty gritty details of Fantastic. Warcraft Yes, itself. thank you. Um, so, I mean, just to start with, I mean this 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 podcast marks the end of a very long process for you. Um, yeah. You came on board in 2013. I mean, you shot the film in 2014. We met on set briefly uh, yeah. in April yeah. 2014, I think it was, in Black Rock Valley. Um, so, um, I mean, why did it take so damn long? Uh, it's it's a massive project. And, I'm um, you know, uh, the, the guys
2: at Blizzard and, and Legendary and everyone who's been working on it have been trying to make it for, I believe, nearly 10 years. Mm. Um, and I think trying to get it right for for Blizzard and for everyone involved... Um, it really took some time to to get that right, and, mm. and as you mentioned, I got involved about three and a half years ago. And as a fan of the old games, and as, as someone who really wanted to to try and uh, do it right and and work with Blizzard, uh, you know, we were able to to finally put it together and get some traction. But the three mm. and a half years that I was on it was really that, that was that's longer than I've ever spent on a movie or, or hope to ever spend <laughs> on one movie um but there was just so much to do i mean we had to take something which have this amazing aesthetic that works in the games and completely translate it all into a into a live action environment and then there's all the technology
1: involved the set builds it's just a massive massive endeavor hmm. i mean i mean as someone who Played the game, you'll say. Oh, you you played World of Warcraft. Um, I played and, the old game, and you played War, the old Warcraft, game. Okay, yeah, so tw- okay.
2: they started twenty years ago. So I was playing those right. back when they when they came out.
1: Okay, so from that perspective, what elements did you feel you had to get into this film?
2: Well, the thing that you have all seen. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, and and play- if, you, if
1: you haven't, stop listening. <laughs> yeah.
2: um, the 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 idea, you know, the, in in previous fa- uh, fantasy films, so sort of in uh, you know a lot of the time. You, you get the good guys who are the humans or the sort of the more cute creatures and then the monsters are the bad guys and mm. that sort of is the is, has been the standard. And Blizzard have always done this fun thing of taking tropes that we're used to and, you know, just putting a little bit of a spin on them. Mm. And what they did in Warcraft and in World of Warcraft is that heroes come from both sides and you really get a sense that, from their own perspective, um, they see themselves as as doing the right thing or being heroic, yeah. um, and that's what we, you know, to me, that was absolutely essential to making a Warcraft movie feel, you know, like like it was genuinely about Warcraft and not just fantasy wrapped up in in, in their aesthetic.
1: Mm, mm. I think um, for people who have played the game, for fans of the game, I yeah. mean, I think they're going to be blown away by some of the stuff in this. I mean, especially I hope the, so. yeah. you know, the presentation of yeah. uh, of the orcs. Yeah. Um, The way they look, the way they move—you know—that's to to, to see them brought to life um, through those performances. Is I think I think
2: both both the Orcs and also the environments. You know, a lot of the places that are in the film are very recognisable to people who play the game. And and I just wanted to sort of give them a sense when they watched the movie that that they had gone home. They had gone somewhere where mm. they really felt that they recognised and if they could c- control the camera and maybe pan left or right, they'd actually know what it is that they would see if they yeah. had that kind of control. So it really is that sort of uh, playing to their nostalgia. But on the other side, trying to make a fantasy film for those people who don't know anything about Warcraft, that, that um you know, it's just a big, fun
1: ride. Yeah, yeah. Which I, I have to ask... You know when the universal logo comes up at the beginning? Yes. Was there ever a discussion yeah. about changing the landmass? 100% okay. yeah. Okay. I tried to,
2: I tried to do it they wouldn't nah. do it.
1: I <laughs> know that Kevin Costa flooded it for Waterworld. I mean, come on.
2: <laughs> for whatever reason they they uh, you know, it, it was something I would have loved to have done. We you know, way back when um, I, I had suggested it, and we were kind of waiting on the answer, and, and didn't and didn't know. And then I started seeing people online talking about it, saying hey, it would be really cool. And I was like, Yeah, it would be really cool. I wish it would happen, yeah. <laughs> but unfortunately, not.
1: Okay. I mean, so there's, I mean, there's, there's lots of little elements in the film that people that play the game will recognise. I yeah. mean, so we passed a summoning stone at one point. I saw yes. a summoning stone, although yes. in Elwyn. Uh, in Elwyn Forest. Yeah, I mean, come gonna... on. I mean, where's where's the dungeon in Elwyn? <laughs> Maybe it's to come. Uh, <laughs>
2: and the murloc by the river, a kind of Murloc by the river, and then Cadgar when he casts uh, when he when he sort of uh, ex- expels the fell from from Mediv at the end of the movie. There's a there's a level up um, magic that happens around him. Um.
1: I didn't spot that. <laughs> Okay, and that's for the, next, effect, for the next. For the and next. Sound hearing. effect. <laughs> Amazing. Actually, there is. I've got a Cadgar question for you. And uh, flight path from from Stormwind to. Uh... <laughs> oh yes, of course, of course. Yeah. Um, no, no. The question. The question. So Cadgar's in Medivh's library, right? Yeah. And he's looking in a book, and I, yeah. I saw in the book there was an obvious illustration of a plant. Was it a Hadgar's whisker?
2: <laughs> I don't even know about that. I would have to check that. But what okay. I, but I would, will tell you is that that scene, obviously, when you go through the editing process, there's a lot of trimming down that goes on. Hmm. Um, there were some a couple of extra shots and things that we did for uh, for the library set, and uh, we did manage to get. Um, well, it, we, it didn't make the cut, but there was a copy of the um, of the Book of the Dead um, from Evil Dead Two Amazing. in there, um, but. Uh, yeah, well, unfortunately, it didn't. It didn't get the camera time I was hoping to give it. Right, right.
1: Okay. Where, so whereabouts can we look for it then? You won't be able to. It's the uh, shot's not in
2: there, unfortunately.
1: Damn, damn. <laughs> um, no, I mean there there there's, there are many. I mean, it's outside of you know the nods to the gamers, sure. I mean, I thought there were lots of lovely grace notes in the film. So just little character moments, which I think really you know add life to to, to you know these big epic films. Yeah, so yeah. And I, you know there was this the one moment where uh, Lothar Travis Fimmel puts his hand out to Benj Nesser who's Cadgar yeah. yeah. to help him up yeah and he just takes his hand away and walks <laughs> off. And Very got a lot juvenile of, yeah, but fun yeah. I got a lot of <laughs>, laughs in this screening I was in yeah. But um, where did that come from and was that is that Travis bringing that was that like a was that a moment that Tra- happened? Travis uh, and I
2: Travis and I agreed early on that you know we wanted to try and bring a lightness of touch to to. To the whole film, you know, so that it was kind of a good balance of, of melodrama, which is a plenty yeah. of, yeah. Um, and also you know, kind of fun moments because Warcraft again is you know, if you if you go to the game, it's it's replete with these big sort of uh, operatic sort of dramatic storytelling, mm. and then lots of goofiness going on as well. Mm. Um, you know, whether it's you know these uh this sort of strange strange devices and things or there's just a and t- turning characters into sheep you know yeah, there's there's yeah. all sorts of humor in the game and we just thought you know you've got to you've got to again you've got to reflect that if you want to if you if it wants to feel real to you know to to that original universe
1: yeah yeah no, I also like the fact that um, Travis spent, I think, like the last half hour of the film in bare feet. <laughs> and that-, that
2: is a very odd, but uh, yeah, no, he, he, I had, I had be, I had be made in, be, I was made informed that, that that Travis liked to be barefoot, and I thought, oh, that's kind of interesting. I wonder if there's a way we can make that work. Um, so he has this fight with a with a giant. Uh, sort of clay golem mm. and gets his boots stuck in its back, so the the boots come off, um, right. and then from that point on, he's kind of barefoot, which kind of was was fun when we started doing the sort of Sergio Leone inspired final duel with uh, with Black Hand, yeah. and we could do these nice, you know, these these fun sort of uh, o- over the foot shots, yeah. um, looking at the uh, <laughs> at
1: who he's facing off against. Yeah, kind of part Sergio Leone, part part Coen Brothers, isn't yeah. it? Because they kind of they always have the camera going along behind the feet and yeah. everything, but. Yeah. Um, now that really struck me. I'm not. I don't have a weird foot thing or no, anything. I just okay. thought bit, I've not seen t- that <laughs> before. the main heroes just yeah. running around barefoot. Yeah. Um, I wondered if that came from him because he spends he, quite a lot of Vikings without anything. He does. On his feet. He does like to. He does <laughs> like to act shoeless. <laughs> and and you mentioned the polymorph moment as well, yes. um, which obviously was you know a big a big fun moment. But, yeah. um Again, I was looking at uh, maybe I've, maybe it's just because of the stories of people that played stormtroopers in the Force Awakens. Yeah, was there someone Was there someone behind that guard? You know, the one with the little head shake. <laughs> was that like you behind the mask? No, or No, no, it was, was it
2: was a great local actor that we okay. worked with up in Vancouver. But um, no, again, it was trying it was trying to fit all of those things in there. The the nice call outs to to the fans of Warcraft, but again, try and try and find a way to make it so that the the humour lands for both audiences, those who yeah. do know about it and who and who don't.
1: Mm. So uh, there is, there is a, a point in the film where uh, there's a surprise cameo. Yes. Um, you know, kind of yes. a, all the research I've done on it and all the stuff I've written about it sort yeah. of over the years. I had no idea. I wasn't expecting this. So Glenn Close pops yes. up. So, I mean, firstly, how, how did that come together? But I, yeah. I wonder if you could tell me a little bit about the character she's playing and their significance cuz i'm not familiar with uh, that character from the the, the lore of the, Warcraft yeah,
2: yeah i mean the, the the deeper you go into the lore the more of a rabbit hole you sort of find yourself in but but mm. there is this character Aladai who is a who is sort of a, written about as the first guardian um mm. and sort of in 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 far back in the story in the storytelling of, of of Warcraft um so we kind of you know working with Blizzard we kind of riffed on that idea originally that character was was male um, but we decided, you know, it would be, it would be nice to, to sort of have it as this, as this strong female character. Mm. Um, I'd had a chance, you know, to put cameos in Moon and in Source Code. You know, I had yeah. Kevin Spacey in, in Moon, I had Scott Bakula in Source Code. Mm. And this was another chance to work with someone that I really admired and, and you know, thought, oh, well, wouldn't it be amazing to, to work with, with Glenn Close, who has such a strong presence anyway? I thought there yeah. would be just a, a moment where you, uh, where you kind of feel the gravity of that
1: character. Mm. it's funny because when she first appears you just see the mouth and yeah. i instantly went oh that's glenn close really. <laughs> isn't that <laughs> was amazing this, yeah yeah you can tell them. Just, you can absolutely tell you know. <laughs> um so and, and was you know she was she was game then she was like how long did she come in for she then? was in Is for, uh, for, for half, half a
2: day i mean it was yeah. a, it was a, a fast bit of work it you know it was kind of um it, it the technically it was kind of a it was kind of a, a separate shoot from everyone else so mm. we just had ben schnetzer and her there and herself there um, but it was um, it, it worked out really easy.
1: Oh, cool! I mean, and talking about strong female characters, yeah. obviously, um, Paula Patton is as Garona, who yes. is the pivotal character of this yeah, entire story. Absolutely!
2: I mean, the, the whole story is about this this group of of characters. Uh, this uh, this this race of uh, or or. Um, culture of orcs who find themselves, whose planet is uh, is basically falling apart and dying Mm. and they have to find a new place to to live and they leave their world through this magic portal and find themselves in Azeroth, which is the world that we sort of spend most of our time in the movie. And there is already a culture that exists there, that's mainly humans but also elves and dwarves, and that's kind of where the conflict arises.
1: Mm. So she is... Explicitly half human because I know in our like in discussions previous to the yeah. film that's yeah. how she was talked about. But it's funny in the film there's kind of the the, the non orc side of things isn't explored that deeply. Um,
2: Again, when you get into the edit, things get taken out, um, right. which which uh, you know is is understandable as far as everyone trying to make sure that there is a certain amount of pace to the movie. Mm. There was a little bit more. Uh, coherence to who she was and where she fit in Mm. um, in earlier cuts she is um, uh, you know in in the lore itself there's even a contradiction about whether she's half orc half human or half orc half dronai which is this different race that we see at the beginning of the movie Um, we play her as half orc half human Mm. and our backstory to that um, I wonder if we should really be talking about it or not because it's not in the movie now Okay, Um, but there was, there is a good and logical reason why she is half human, okay. even though these two cultures are separate at the start of the movie. Okay, and and it made sense, and I thought it worked really well, but mm. but we, we trimmed it out.
1: Well, what I drew from it was yep. uh, there's that there's that uh, dialogue between her and Medivh yeah. Foster. Yeah, and I thought, hang on, is he saying that he's like her father? <laughs> you know, from this yeah. because he mentions of you know previous interactions, and yeah. you know, I thought so. Did he, well, get, somebody, it, did he get it on with a somebody, lady orc? Somebody uh, brought the orcs across yeah. from from uh, from Dranel, from their planet from yeah. Dronel because we obviously this isn't the first contact. No, in if, this I mean, film. If, I
2: mean, uh-huh. a lot of a lot of fans say, ah, how is it possible that she's half human? The humans have never had any interaction with the orcs. Well, one of them has.
1: Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, is that? I mean, is that? deliberately ambiguous then is that something you was kind of leaving that it's more ambiguous
2: than I wanted it to be I would have have liked it to have been and and it was more explicit yeah Um, well maybe if we we ever get the chance of an extended edition we'll you
1: know that will be back in there interesting (laughs) yeah yeah so we'll do a Peter Jackson with it or a four hour long version Um, and then, um, of course, then she has that, um, and because yeah, it's great. I, I love these interviews because I can actually talk about what happens at the end. Yeah, yeah. So, of course, you know, there's that very uh, significant moment in the battle where she has to make the decision to yeah. kill uh, Lane. Yeah. yeah. And um, I mean, a- again, to sort of to, to, to place that ca- that character in that situation, yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty much i mean you know is it fair to describe her as the main character of the film do you see it i think so. I, mean, it that I think I
2: th- and, and and i think it you know there is something operatic about it there is kind of i think and in keeping with the kind of big grand storytelling that that blizzard and warcraft is known for mm-hmm. i like the fact that we've kind of had this you know very dramatic I think arc for her of someone who didn't fit in with one group of you know one culture mm. found herself with a group of uh, with with humans who she felt she could fit in with mm. and then that situation sort of rends her from f- away from them mm. um, and she's kind of stuck in the middle and, and finds herself having to side with the orcs again who kind of offer, uh, offer her uh, an opportunity to be part of them again now yeah. that she's done something from their perspective so heroic mm. um, and then obviously any kind of any kind of very tentative relationship she might have been building up, building with with Lothar, is 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 uh, is, uh, is is now in a very different you know position because uh, Lothar thinks that that she
1: turned traitor. Yeah, yeah, and I, I like the um, the kind of the little repeated uh, gag about the knife as well. well it's, yeah. No, it wasn't a repeated yeah. gag. Yeah. but the knife was significant. Yeah, it absolutely. Started we as a gag. it up. It started as a gag and then it and pays then, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so um, you mentioned actually, you, you talk about being very oppressive and everything. Um, one of the one of the things about the experience of the game, yeah, is the music. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, it to me, and there's no way it wasn't a conscious decision for you to yeah. not use the game music for the film. But I just like I just wondered why you came to that decision to, to to not actually use the same thing.
2: You know, we we worked very close. I mean, I worked very close with Ramin, um, who did the score for the film, mm. to bring it into I think into line with. With the kind of, uh, I think I think the 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 just the presence and the and the, the scale of music from the game, which is which again speaking of opera um, yeah. from from the game, it certainly is with the big choruses yeah. and everything. Um, we we you know Ramin was 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 amazing and incredibly flexible and willing to bring in elements of the game music that he sort of rescored and brought in. So when we see Stormwind, we sort of hear a little bit of the Stormwind music, hmm. and and doing that. Um, I think that there was kind of a, a general uh sense that that you know, from, from from the studio and from the producers that they they wanted to make sure that the movie was its own thing. Hmm. So as opposed to feeling too directly tied to the game to by using its music. Yeah. Um yeah. I think, you know, I I think it was uh um, a, a calculated move on on their part but I'm glad that if we were going to go that route that Ramin was there to,
1: to to I think make it work as well as it could be done. yeah I mean you got the guy who did the Game of Thrones theme right so yeah it's, you know it's <laughs> absolutely to totally and, and the pieces hands. of
2: music I think he did are, are are fantastic in their own right but I certainly appreciate as a fan myself and and loving the music from the game that that for the, for those who don't hear it, um, or, or hear as much of it because there is some of it yeah. um, that 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 might feel like a like a missed opportunity. But um, I, I love the work that's, that that did.
1: Mm. Um, and another major major thing in the film, obviously, this is for fans of the game, but for, you know, for the story and the, the, the you know the possible continuation of it is uh, the birth of Thrall. <laughs> yeah. Although he's never named as such in the film, because why would uh, yeah, exactly. why would they call their baby Thrall? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you know Thrall's
2: real name? Was uh, it ever in the script? Has anyone ever uh, yes, told you believe, the, the I,
1: name he was supposed to
2: have? Ab- absolutely. Um, uh, gosh, now I'm now my mind's blanking. Please forgive me. That's all right. Um, yeah, I mean, in the film, we we you know Duritan names him, hmm. um, and and that I believe is a pre-existing name. So I think okay. that, that is in the law. Okay. Okay. Um, so yeah, no, Thrall Thrall and and uh, that character um, is is absolutely. Kind of, if if we're fortunate enough that that people are loving this movie and, and want more, hmm. um, he will become a, a very important character in 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 whatever we do next.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think I just for the benefit of anyone listening who yeah. doesn't know the game, so Thrall yeah. grows up to become the leader of the orcs yes. and the entire horde. In fact, yeah. you know every yeah. every race, and he's like yeah. a major hero. Yeah. In, in, in the game and so. and Orgrim, and
2: Orgrim's, Orgrim's future and and thralls are kind of become tied together a little bit
1: yeah um, yeah yeah so I mean obviously his story his background within the game is a fantastic it's like a Spartacus story but yeah absolutely it? it is and, and that's slave, what I would love a to do yeah. that would, you
2: know film number yeah. two if we got to do the chance would very yeah. much be thralls mm. thralls emancipation yeah and and Orgrim, um Orgrim, who is very much kind of the Sort of the 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 backup to Duratan and who's sort of learning from Duratan will become
1: you know have more of a teaching role in with with Thrall. Yeah, I mean that'd be great. I mean I, I loved what you did with his birth as well. Yeah, you know actually kind of, and also again that in in itself another little nod to the game having the critter. Yeah. come along. You know this deer just yeah. come along and stand there in front of them. It's just like, okay, yeah, deserves to die. Um, but uh, yeah, and, yeah. But the idea that I don't know, just the idea of uh, Gul'dan drawing life from something from Azoroth. Yeah. yeah, to give to Thrall, or you know, his yeah. his birth name, the, yeah. the baby, and then of course that turns him green. Which yes yeah
2: yeah I mean I, I, again this is this is one of those elements where if you go directly by the law of the game mm. um, we we have we have had to come up with solutions that allow the audience to understand okay how does this magic work mm. uh, what is it mm. why is this kid green when his parents aren't and you know it's all of these things so we came up with a solution that I think was very elegant yeah. um, but may not be directly the same as as well I know is not directly the yeah. same as what's in the in the game law
1: yeah because of course you've got the orange orcs. Yes, who, which is the the, the natural states, uh, yeah. uh, the natural colouring for all signs, uh, <laughs> I believe, and then the green ones who have been affected by film Magic yeah. directly, and that turns them green. Yes, so are we talking correct, about
2: right? the movie or the or the game at this point? Uh, uh, it-
1: <laughs> it, we're talking about the game, but I think okay. uh, I, that's what I took from the movie yeah. as well. Yeah, I mean, we tried um,
2: to be a little bit ambiguous with some with the, with the with the green. I mean, again, there were there were scenes before where we kind of. That we would have had in the film, where you would sort of get more of a sense of why they're green. Hmm. Um, but but I think it makes it. You know, I think we got the shorthand in there. Green hmm. is bad. Yep, yep, yeah. <laughs> and and but green makes you strong. Right. So I think I think the fact is the kid. You know, this this little baby um, who's sort of b- barely able to survive. Is is reinvigorated by this by taking the power from this little animal and putting it into him, and mm. that's what turns him green. And I think that's enough for the audience to sort of get, okay, I understand what it is. And then later, when Goldan has his has his meeting with Orgrim as they look over the orc camp, and Goldan offers to give him the the fell, yeah.
1: um, we kind of get a sense that okay, that's a bad thing. He doesn't want that. Yeah, it's too much. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But I love that. That's sort of encapsulated there in that in you've got. Part, you know, um, his homeworld part, Azeroth, you yeah. know, and then part fell. Part, you know, shamanic yeah. natural origins. It's all Goel. Um, Sorry, just came to me. Goel. The little baby's name is Goel. Oh right, okay. There yeah. we go. Goel's real name. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, of course, there's there's lots of elements that you couldn't get into this, and 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 uh, we we have talked about it. You know, for the Empire feature, and yeah. you, you, obviously for you, it was a filtering process so the story could make sense, but. You know, you've got to admit that the the death of, uh, of of Lothar's son wouldn't have had quite the same impact if a priest had walked along and cast a resurrection spell, <laughs> <laughs> or if you just saw yeah. a ghost running back to it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I'm wondering, in, you know, if if there are obviously future Warcraft films, yeah. you know, then. Healing, healing ghosts, magic, but, holy magic, light holy mag- magic. Well, and, ma- you know, mag- magic kind of itself
2: stuff. is 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 a massively as uh, a massive opportunity. I think for for how the world of Azeroth will change. Mm. Um, you know, I- in our film, magic is fairly rare in that Medivh is able to cast magic, Cadgar casts magic, and then on the orc side, Goldan casts magic. Mm. But it's pretty exclusive to them. And the idea of of enchanted armor or weaponry, which is powered by magic or has some added benefit because of magic, that doesn't really exist in our film, yeah. In it, at this part in our storyline. Yeah. What I would love is that if we got the chance to do another film, that the, the, the Kirin Tor, who are the kind of mages who live in this floating um, floating abode would literally bring magic back down to the people mm. and it would kind of all of a sudden spread um, sort of the availability of magic and that kind of just sets everything a little bit crazy as well.
1: Mm. Yeah, i got the impression that Khadgar would be instrumental in that kind of a dynamic, like, yeah. like he would democratise magic, yeah. if you like, Absolutely, he's the outsider from yeah. the Kirin Tor. Completely, and, so. and
2: the idea of enchanting weaponry and, and armour would also become kind of part of... Part of the of our story, mm. um, because you know, there's there's again going going back to to uh, to law um, on the orc side. The whole idea of armor and the big sort of famous chunky armor that that is worn in 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 the game mm. would sort of be orcs interpreting what they have experienced having fought the humans. Right. So it's kind of, now that we've kind of set up the the, the two factions, hmm. now we can kind of move orcs on to a step where they themselves have their own, you know, armor yeah. and have these, you know, powered up weapons.
1: Yeah. I mean, I it, it was great to see some of the other races popping up. So we saw some dwarves. Yeah. We saw, um, now I want to get this right, Okay. High elves. High elves. Yes. High, high elves. elves. Yeah. I'm going to get it right because yeah. they haven't become blood elves <laughs> That's yet. Correct. Not yet. And there definitely weren't any night elves. That's correct. Good. Good. Because I, yeah. I thought was that a night elf, no, and, just then the high scene, elves. Just and then high the elves. scene ended, and I couldn't quite, you know. So okay. This is um,
2: this is this is very this is very nerdy kind of honestly. Warcraft lore.
1: Yes, this totally <laughs> well, is totally well, nerdy, the thing is, this you is know, why they got me in the room to do this. This is this <laughs> is
2: stuff that that we understand and appreciate, and obviously, hopefully, a chunk of our audience will. But for those. Those who know nothing about this, mm. this is going to float right over your head, and that's totally <laughs> fine because the movie is not about that. It's all just information and dressing that's there for the fans who do know about it. For everyone yeah. else, it's just a really cool fantasy film.
1: But it's like in Star Wars, yeah, when's the first, the original one, the New Hope, yeah. There's all these aliens in in the canteen. <laughs> yeah, you know, you don't know what race they are, no. you don't know where they're from, but they're cool to see. I mean, yeah. it's like. You know, the Murloc moment. So the Murloc's the little fish the fishy guy in in the <laughs> foreground <laughs> in underneath the, stream, the bridge, yeah. who makes the sort of wha- wha- wha noise, yeah. <laughs> which I can't do. Um but that again felt like, you know, then you get those moments in Star Wars with the funny creatures in the foreground yeah. And, yeah. and it's just a transitional scene. Yeah. You've got this nice little detail. So it felt like you were doing that for the broader audience. Yeah. But um you know personally, again, going back to being the nerd. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I want to see trolls and I want to see Torrens. You know, I kind of you know.
2: Well, well Torrens, I yeah. absolutely want to see. And again, if we get the chance to do another one, Torrens would come up, especially in this Spartacus story that we're talking about. Mm. Um, you know, I think, I think again, on a law level, yeah. and and there's look, there's so many restrictions which I am comfortable to you know to to allow to be part of the you know of the of the of the of the weight of making a movie like this. I have to work within the restrictions, but. Mm if I can be clever to find a way to get out of the restrictions or to make them work for me, then I'll do that. And I'll pitch it to Blizzard and hopefully they'll, they'll kind of see the, see, see the benefits of doing it. Mm. So a Toran would not actually fit story-wise in, in the next movie okay. unless I could get a Tauren... Into the same situation as Thrall, ah. as far as them both being prisons yeah. Right, prisoners. Yeah. So I think I can get my Toran in there.
1: Yeah. In that gladiatorial environment, yeah. it would make sense to have a Toran yeah. because they look really cool and they they're look big cool. And everything. They're, they're
2: massive and 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 if they had been captured somewhere somehow or been lost at sea mm. or whatever the explanation is for this Toran being where mm. he shouldn't be, it will it would still work within the time the timeline. Cool.
1: Taurans, by the way, are minotaurs. <laughs> yes, they're minotaurs. Basically, it's just say minotaurs. Just, yeah, well, obviously, you know, the undead can't factor in because they're that's that part of the story's <laughs> yeah. not happened yeah. yet. But anyway, I mean, you know, you get zombie films and whatever. You get undead running around in enough other movies. We don't need them. We don't need them here. Okay. Well, okay. So you're you're done with Warcraft, yeah. um, and. How does it feel then to be getting back into you know some you know mute, to it's, be getting into something? It's of kind your of a own, relief. You,
2: it's th- kind of a relief. I mean, you know, I, I've enc- I've enjoyed the process. It's been it's been a phenomenal challenge to to try and make it to well, to make it work. Um, I think the the fact that I now get to go back to something independent and something that is such a passion project and that I've been trying to make for such a long time yeah. I get to work with Paul Rudd and Alexander Skarsgård mm. um and uh you know I and and other people that I haven't mentioned yet <laughs> <laughs> um, or maybe they have been by now I don't know yeah. <laughs> but um you know these these are these are it's a great cast and um and and it's just going to be so much fun to be working where where the focus is not about how to solve other people's problems, mm. but about how to deliver the thing that I want to deliver. Okay,
1: fantastic. Well, we're really looking forward to that. Thank you. And, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to, yeah, seeing, seeing Thrall and those Torrens oh, fighting that in that great. arena that in, in, what, four years' time, five <laughs> oh, year, God, six no. years, seven, hopefully, eight? <laughs> hopefully yeah, it doesn't
0: take that long. <laughs> okay, well, uh, Duncan Jones, thank you so much. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. And that's it for our Warcraft Spoiler Special. Hope you enjoyed that interview with Duncan Jones. There's plenty more Empire Podcast goodness coming your way. The regular pod, the Mothership pod, is up every Friday afternoon. We'd love it if you would subscribe to that. Uh, And if you do like the pod or if you love the pod, please give us great reviews. Uh, Five-star reviews on iTunes. We love those things can't get enough of them so that would be awesome if you could do that Uh, we also have uh, a podcast dedicated to a discussion of a feature in the magazine the 50 greatest sci-fi moments of all time it's a very entertaining and illuminating conversation there so check that special out as well if you would like and of course keep an eye peeled for all the spoiler specials that are going to be coming your way this summer we've already had Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice and yes that does mean that March is being counted this summer we had Captain America Civil War we had X-Men Apocalypse we've got Warcraft at the beginning and coming up in the list we have Star Trek Beyond uh, Jason Bourne Ghostbusters and many many more so keep an peeling for that thanks for listening I've been Chris Hewitt goodbye